True Crime friends, welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. As always, I am your host, Mary DePippi. I hope you are all having a wonderful week so far. If not, you know, I hope it gets better for you. I was really excited last week because Michael's, the craft store, has started putting up their Halloween decorations. And, like, for the past five years, I have been dying to get one of, like, their raven figurines to keep on my desk. And I finally, finally got one. So, I'm very excited, but I had to think of a name. So, actually, in the episode show notes, you'll see there is a poll. Um, Or not a poll, I'm sorry. There's a question of what I should name my raven. So feel free to give me suggestions because I'm not sure what to name him or her yet. So yeah, I'd appreciate your help with that. Do not forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia and newly on Twitter, TC and Academia. So don't forget to follow me there. I post updates and videos and things sometimes. So pretty much anything you would want to know about the podcast, you can find out from the social media. So be sure to follow them. Also, you can become a subscriber. It is a new month. It is August. In a couple of days, actually this Friday, I will have the Patreon (laughs) exclusive, the Patreon exclusive episode. So you don't want to miss that. It's a longer one. It was actually supposed to be a three-part series but seeing as I only drop out like exclusive content once a month that just didn't make sense so it's going to be a little bit of a longer video but it is a very very interesting topic and discussion that I think you will all enjoy so to become a subscriber you need to go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room you will be able to get access to that episode but also I have covered the Casey Anthony trial and death of Kaylee Anthony as well as the murder of Jean Benet Ramsey so you can access all three of those videos once you become a subscriber so Moving on to this week's case, we have another missing person slash unexplained slash strange death. So without any further ado, let's get into it. The end of August is the mark of the beginning of a new school year. Students are moving back into their dorms. They're making new friends and catching up with old ones. It's as much of a stressful time as it is a hopeful one. And Most students are just trying to get their last bit of summer partying before the essays and assignments start rolling in. Sadly, this would not be true for one University of Minnesota student named Jacob Lavoie. The night of August 31st, 2019 would be the last time anyone would see Jacob alive. Jacob Lavoie was a 21-year-old from Grove Heights, Minnesota. By all accounts, he had a normal childhood and a loving family. He was a senior at UMD, or University of Minnesota, Duluth, 
and studied business and marketing. He was fairly tall and thin, being 5'10 and 150 pounds. He had strawberry blonde hair and blue eyes. By his family and friends, he was described as a responsible, hardworking student. And his sudden disappearance just didn't make sense. On August 31st, 2019, Jacob and his friends decided to go out to a bar called Grandma Sports Garden. He and those few friends had taken an Uber there and, you know, had a fun time drinking it up at the bar, probably watching sports, doing stuff like that. I mean, they had just turned 21 or were newly 21. So, you know, they were just looking to have some fun, you know, being able to go to a bar for for real (laughs) and not just trying to sneak in, I think is definitely one of the draws of turning 21. You know, knowing that you're there and you can be there legally, whereas before, you know, no one wanted you there. (laughs) But yeah, so they went to this bar and, you know, of all of the college parties and things they could have done that night, I feel like going to this bar is pretty tame. Now, I have never been to Grandma's Sports Garden, so I don't know. I mean, this could be a, a place that's totally like wild and crazy (laughs) you know people could be getting into a lot of trouble there but you know it seemed like they're having a pretty chill night and you know like I said compared to the other things that they could have done like go to a party I mean parties can get out of hand very easily whereas like when you go to a bar obviously there are more consequences to one's actions you know there are bouncers and security and you know people who you know, are there to keep everyone safe. So, you know, I, f- I just feel like there's, you could get into a lot more trouble, you know, being crazy and wild at a bar than if you were, you know, at a party. Because obviously you can't really go too ape shit at a bar without there being really any repercussions. Whereas, like I said, with parties, anything goes sometimes. At around 12.08 a.m., Jacob decided to leave the bar and there are CCTV footage or photographs of Jacob getting up and leaving the bar. That particular night, he was wearing a salmon pink long sleeve shirt with jeans and a black Nike baseball cap. The next day, a few of his friends that he had gone out with found it really odd that they hadn't heard from him or have seen him since that night. And they had called him multiple times, but there was no answer. So they decided to go to his apartment. His car was there, but when they arrived at the apartment and knocked on the door, no one answered, and it really didn't appear that Jacob had been home. Immediately, they knew something was wrong and called the police to file a missing persons report. Which I really have to say, good on these dudes. I know this sounds extremely sexist, but like, honestly, I was surprised that a group of guys took the initiative and like listened to their gut that something was wrong and then like reported it. And I know I'm generalizing, but I do feel like most guys, like if they didn't hear from their friend, like wouldn't think too much of it. Whereas like women, because, you know, from a young age, we are taught to be (laughs) super hyper aware of our surroundings and, you know, to be extremely vigilant about our own safety That, you know, if our friend didn't answer the phone or if a friend didn't answer the phone or their apartment door, (laughs) that would be a red flag right away and would immediately do something about it. Obviously, that is not all men, you know, 
And not all women are like that way. But from a general point of view, that's that's fairly, you know, it's fairly par for the course, I guess. But, you know, clearly his friends were aware and they picked up on these red flags and they acted quickly on it. And I, I feel like that really shows not only just their character, but also Jacob's character because Jacob's the one hanging out with them and... You know, you, I feel like you can get a sense of who people are based off of who their friends are and who they choose to associate with. So the fact that he had, you know, good friends, <laughs> for a lack of a better term, you know, I think says a lot about him and that, you know, they also seem very responsible, too. So, again, just says a little more about him, I think. The police department conducted and organized searches with the help of St. Louis County Rescue Squad and the Duluth Fire Department. However, they didn't ask for volunteers to help with this search, which to some extent I can kind of understand. From what I've seen like of the area where Jacob went missing, there wasn't like a wooded area. So to have like a full search like that. And I mean, obviously you don't need to be missing in a wooded area for people to organize searches for you. It's just, I feel like they had better resources and better means to, to search for him other than, you know, enlisting a bunch of volunteers, you know, to go look for him. But the other thing about this area that he was at was that it's kind of like a peninsula type of area so basically which means is that like it's on three sides is surrounded by water so because of that like and from where he was he was fairly close to it so I think that because the possibility of him having been missing via water was possible or more likely you know obviously they would have better resources to conduct searches via the water and you know, and just have access to professionals that would be able to handle that. So I also think that's part of why they didn't ask for civilian volunteers specifically in this case. Police also asked residents and business owners in the area to check the locations around their own properties, their stores, and to pay attention specifically to like abandoned buildings or vehicles, stairwells, outbuildings, dumpsters, boats, pretty much anywhere someone could hide. And they also asked everyone to review their own security systems from about midnight until 6 a.m. of August 31st for anyone matching Jacob's description. Hey, true crime friends. You've heard me talk about my amazing friend Mandy before. She makes the best crochet, pre-cut, and custom home decor for reasonable prices. If you're looking for a one-of-a-kind gift or some new decor to add some new life into your home, look no further. Mandy has got you. I have quite a few items from her, ranging from a crocheted headband to Halloween decor items to my amazing and adorable Coraline ornament. Um, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm like obsessed with Coraline and I just love how Mandy makes it. She's also made me a Coraline doll that sits next to all of my true crime books. To order, just slide in her DMs on Facebook and Instagram at Mandy Made It. That's M-A-N-D-E-E Made It on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, go to Mandy Made It on Facebook and Instagram. 
Send her a DM and order today. As the days went on, family and friends became more and more concerned about Jacob, and rightfully so. They obviously knew that something was really wrong. Because it wasn't like him to just run off without letting anyone know where he was going. He was described as being a responsible guy and someone who wouldn't just go out and get wasted on a Saturday night and be reckless. That, you know, he was someone who took better care of himself than that. Which, while I understand where the family and friends are coming from, I wouldn't be surprised if he slipped up. And maybe because it's just the language that they're using that I'm a little bit feeling that they're maybe a little bit naive in saying that. But, you know, I mean, let's face it. If you've ever been in college, if you ever went to college, if you are in college, you know the drinking culture there is, the drinking and the drug culture, actually, is pretty great. So, you know, to just say that someone would just be like this consistently and, like, never have, like, a wasted night or, like, doing something a little bit reckless... It just, it doesn't seem true. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, his family members are wrong. You know, like I said, I just feel like it's just a bit naive to assume that, you know, he, a college student, would 100% behave himself 100% of the time. You know? On September 6th, the search for Jacob was over. At approximately 3 p.m., the Duluth Police Department and the St. Louis County Rescue Squad recovered the body of a deceased male from the Minnesota Slip in Canal Park. Now, for those of you who, like me, don't know about harbors and docks and all that stuff, a slip is actually like a parking spot for a boat. So he was recovered from a spot that a boat should have been at. But he was recovered from the water, in case I didn't make that clear. The identity shortly after was confirmed to be that of Jacob Lavoie. His body was then transferred to the Midwest Medical Examiner's Office. So the medical examiner's office said that the preliminary cause of death for Jacob Lavoie was drowning. And they did run a toxicology report and they found that he had alcohol, marijuana, and Ritalin in his system. And a spokesperson for the medical examiner's office stated that these substances cause significant conditions contributing to Jacob's drowning. Again, if you've ever been to college or in college, you know alcohol, Ritalin, and weed are like the trifecta. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I used all three of those substances when I was in college. I'm not saying it was right, you know, to be drinking underage or smoking weed when it was illegal. Or, you know, taking someone else's prescribed ADD, ADHD medication to help me write a paper. But I just want to impress upon the fact that this is not like or that these are not abnormal substances in a college student's life. You know, however, I do want to mention that, like, I don't know for a fact if Ritalin was a prescribed medication for Jacob, but... Just because I couldn't find anything that would suggest that he not only took it recreationally or, you know, if he actually needed it for medical reasons. Either way, though, I'm not judging because, again, like I said, I feel like this is a fairly normal concoction of substances in your normal college student. 
Now, I don't know, again, don't know the exact amounts of what was, you know, of the alcohol or the weed or the Ritalin that was in his system. But I feel like if the medical examiner feels like they contributed to his drowning, then one can kind of only assume that there were high in higher doses in his body. And I mean, we all know he was out the night, you know, he was out that night drinking. So, I mean, that checks that he had alcohol in his system. I don't know about the weed or the Ritalin, but that's something that could have been done beforehand. I did do some research and saw that some, I've seen that some students would take Ritalin in order to reduce the effects of alcohol and then therefore they could drink more. And this is, I mean, this is mostly for the fact that because as we all know, alcohol is a downer and Ritalin is an upper and weed can also be an upper depending on which strain you're going with. Now for me, I know this from experience that when you mix alcohol and weed, you're not necessarily feeling all of the effects of the alcohol. There's kind of like this weird little limbo. And that's not to say that you are not intoxicated at all. This is not a one cancels out the other situation. You are very much intoxicated. It's just like I said, you're not really experiencing the full effects of it. So, you know, I can see why those specific things would be, you know, reason for the medical examiner to be concerned. I mean, we know that weed, depending on, again, the strain, but even regardless of the strain, it usually is going to lower your motor function and your responses or your physical responses to things. So you're already got something slowing you down in that way, plus the alcohol messing with your judgment and then you know, the Ritalin, even though technically, like I said, it's a stimulant and it makes you hyper-focused, you know, it's just not, I mean, it's not a great combination to be on all the time, but I can't imagine that it's a great combination to be on when you're near water. So, while I don't think that there was foul play involved, I do kind of agree with the medical examiner in thinking that this is, that they were possibly, you know, reasons for why he drowned which is really sad because again I mean I, I say it all the time on this show getting drunk or taking drugs should not be a death sentence but sadly in some of these cases it kind of can be Tim Johnson who was a cousin and the family spokesperson shared a statement from the family saying we are devastated by the loss of Jacob he was our son brother grandson nephew cousin and friend we wish to extend our heartfelt thanks to law enforcement, the University of Minnesota Duluth, the entire Duluth community, the Invergrove Heights community, as well as everyone far and wide for your caring and concern in helping us locate Jacob. Now that Jacob has been found, we ask for your prayers and also ask that you respect our privacy during this time of great loss. Minnesota University Duluth Chancellor Lendley Black also made a statement saying, this is an incredibly sad time. As much as we try to be prepared for something like this, it's extremely difficult. UMD is such a tight community and we're concerned for Jacob's family, his friends on campus, and the faculty and staff that knew him. So yeah, I mean, just a very sad, sad case. 
you know, of a disappearance, but also an accidental death. And, you know, it's just so, so, so sad. Obviously, when anyone loses their life, but also when someone loses it as senselessly as this, you know, or, you know, in a manner that could have totally been avoided, you know. And again, I'm not blaming Jacob for being a normal college student. <laughs> Let me be clear about that. I'm not blaming him for his own death. That's ridiculous. It's just sad that this situation occurred the way that it did. Because, again, like I said, it could have been unavoidable. But, again, another wonderful, beautiful life has been lost. And we will never get to know the impact of it, which is a loss for all of us and is a real shame. That is all I have for you, my darlings. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. Please stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Do some self-care. Show yourself some love the rest of this week because I love you. And until next week, guys, I will see you later. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime in Academia. I'm Andrew Rimby, the executive director. Our team includes Mary DePippi, our chief contributor, Nicole Arguello, our marketing assistant, and Kimberly Dallas, our editor. Ivory Tower Boiler Room episodes come out on Monday, and sometimes I'm joined by a guest co-host. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. And here's Mary. Hello, everyone. I am the host of True Crime and Academia. Do not forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia. And coming soon, there will be a Twitter also at True Crime and Academia. Now, if you're like me, you like to have bonus episodes. I love extra content, don't you? So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. Not only do you have access to our video interviews, but you will also be able to access never before seen bonus episodes. So like I said, you can't, we don't release them anywhere else. You can only get those on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today. And don't forget to listen to ivory tower boiler room on Mondays and true crime and academia on Tuesdays.